It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and that's not how we do this. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Kilowatt Podcast, a show about electric vehicles, renewable energy, and autonomous driving. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. Did, did I do that right? Did that sound better than all the other ones? I, I can't tell if you... I don't know if you can tell. I feel very self-conscious about this. Anyway... On today's episode, we are going to talk about Volta Trucks. We have an interview from a former Volta employee. But before we get to that, we don't really talk about Volta all that much on this show. So let's go ahead and just give you a quick rundown. Volta Trucks was founded in 2019 by a Scandinavian entrepreneur, Carl Magnus Norden, and co-founder, Kajil Whalen. Wolin. Wallen. Hopefully I said that right. Anyway, um, Volta quickly established itself as a pioneer in the electric truck industry. The company has or slash had offices in Stockholm, London, and other European countries. By 2020, Volta had launched the Volta Zero. Now, As far as I can tell, these were just pilot fleets with strategic partnerships with a couple of different companies. One of those companies was Petit Forester. I hope I'm saying that right. And they put in a thousand vehicle order, making it Europe's largest order of electric commercial vehicles. Throughout 2021, the company expanded its partnership, securing suppliers for critical components like batteries, drivetrains, tires, refrigerator units, all that kind of stuff. And by the end of 2021, they were starting vehicle manufacturing in Austria. In 2022, Volta Trucks confirmed its North American entry. They started with a pilot feat in Los Angeles. The first Volta Zero vehicle was produced in Austria in 2022. So they started in 2021 production and they produced the first one in 2022. And they had agreements with Siemens Smart Infrastructure. And that particular partnership was to bolster the charging infrastructure. Unfortunately, despite all of these wonderful things that I just said about the company, 
Volta filed for bankruptcy in Sweden in 2023, October 2023, which was a bit of a surprise for a lot of folks. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So on today's episode, we have a former Volta employee and listener of the show, Mark. Mark is going to walk us through his role with the company and then just give us his thoughts. And overall, you know, Mark was laid off like all the other Volta employees were. He has no bitterness towards Volta and he still believes in the mission. So this is a really good interview. I do need to warn you, though, and this is my fault 100%. There were a lot of technical difficulties recording this episode and um, we ended up having to use Zoom, which is not great. So the audio quality might not be up to par. Again, that is my fault. The services I was using to record did not uh, did not work that day. <laughs> and then on top of that, if that's not as bad as it gets, uh, Zoom has a 30-minute limit for calls. And uh, we definitely went over that 30 minutes and had to start all over again. So hopefully... Uh, this is cobbled together well enough for you to get the full gist of the conversation because it was really good and Mark was really informative. So let's go ahead and welcome Mark to the show. Odie, it's great to talk to you and to see what you look like after all these years of listening to you. What people aren't going to know, Mark, is that you are one of the first listeners of this podcast. I'm pretty sure in the within the first year of this show, you and I were emailing back and forth. Quite possibly. Yes, I was once I got one EV, I was so into it. I was looking around for podcasts that must have come across yours in the early days, yeah. yeah. And I've listened solidly ever since. Well, you're an EV owner. Uh, we, we we were first introduced because you had a really cool EV. You want to talk about that? Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I, I discovered EVs or even a thing. Uh, it was 2015 at a family christening party. And uh, one of our relatives is Dutch, and he was over 
and he just said two things about a twizzy that he got. One was the first mention of the word range anxiety, and the second was twizzy doesn't have doors. And he said that in traffic, stationary and silent, he was amazed how much noise was going on around him. And just those two quick mentions of EVs set me on my trip. So I, I, knowing that EVs were now a thing, I started researching them. That's the first time I really got into YouTube and quickly discovered things like fully charged. Oh, yeah, this is really, this is a thing. And we were a two-car family. Um, my wife's car, was, we would call it an MPV, you'd call it a minivan. Um, so that was kind of the family car. And I just needed another one, or I had another one, to get to work and back, which was, I think, 25 miles each way. Uh, and I figured, well, any EV will do 50 miles. And even if that's all it does, if it only goes to work, that adds up to exactly 12,000 miles a year. Okay. So even if it doesn't do anything else apart from get me to work and back, that, that looks interesting. So I was set out on the mission to, to buy one. Uh, not really, I've never really bought, we've only ever bought one new car. So I wanted second hand. And at that point, year old EVs were about half price, half lift price. Um, and I really quite fancied an Eagle. I could never get into, not really test drive a new one, and they were expensive used. Um, oh, I got a four-day test drive in Nissan. That was very generous test drive program they had going on at the time. But it's looking back, it's too long because um, within a few hundred yards, you realise, oh yeah, EVs are for me. But having it for four days means you see it in the dark, and the headlights sound very good, and you see it in damp conditions, and the Demister didn't really do it. So it was enough to rule out a Nissan Leaf. And I even managed, you know, the third day in, you're going to need to charge it. And they're very keen that you don't charge it at home because they've no idea what your electrics are like. So they give you a card. So I went to, I set out on this, I think it was the Saturday, and I had four places where I knew there were chargers, and I was just going to work through them. First one was a Nissan dealer, a different Nissan dealer, not interested, wouldn't let me plug in. Second one was a shop, uh, a big chain shop uh, called Asda, which used to be owned by Walmart. They had one. There's, turns out it was dead as a dodo. Um, and the third one was a hotel quite a few miles away. Um, and they didn't know where it was. I've had, since found it on their ground. So now I'm ringing up the final one saying, well, I know you've got a charger. And it was another big chain shop. Can you confirm it's working? And they said, we have no idea. Okay, well, I've got enough charge to get there, so I'll go there. And I got there, and it was also dead of the day. <laughs> so at that point, it was call out the recovery people from Nissan, and they just took me to a, a rapid charger on the motorway network, and away I went sort of thing. And that didn't put me off in the slightest. But it was, you know, telling. But, yeah, the challenge with EVs is going to be public charging. For sure, for sure. And what, what time frame was this where we were looking at? Well, that would have been probably 2016. Okay. So, and by that time, we had one in the UK. There was one electric company, because um, we have different ones for each part of the country kind of thing. And one of them, well, they overlap a bit. And one of them had invested in, or got some investment money to put a rapid charger at every service station of the motorway network, our freeway network. Um, and they were a bit hit and miss, but that was quite remarkable. So people could just about get around on and they we've got the two sort of um connector type well i guess three actually 
Type 2, which is relatively slow, uh, Chadamo, which we share with you, and... No, the Type 2 is... It's yeah. J1772, right? Yeah, but we, and our equivalent of that is just called Type 2. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Um, and then our CCS is different to your CCS, but the same idea, it, it's that plus two big pins. So they, these posts managed to charge all three. So that was, that was how they rescued me, by flatbedding me to one of those. But of course, I was so naive. I plugged in for the first 45 minutes and got it almost full. And I thought, well, no, because I can't charge it anywhere else but get it fully full. And I spent another hour getting it fully full. Because not realizing that whole charge curve thing of it drops right off at the end. So that was, yeah, that was enough to convince me, yes, I definitely want an EV. And I I don't know how, I've, I discovered that the Mercedes did this D-Class. And I'm not a Mercedes kind of person. I'm more of a Ford or, you know, Skoda or whatever. Skoda being the cheap end of a Volkswagen. Um, but something about this Mercedes clicked with me. Uh, and they'd they'd not made very many. I think they were, there was a bunch in California and maybe scattered throughout Europe and the UK. So each dealer had only seen one or two. Um, but it, you know, it's a beautifully made Mercedes. And and the attraction for me was the motor, you know, front wheel drive was the Model F motor. And I think they must have derated it because it would obviously be wild on the front. Um, and then a bit of maybe a third. I don't know how much of a of a Model S battery pack under the back seat. So the rear floor was high, um, but it was all pretty much disguised. You couldn't tell it was an EV. Uh, and it was very modest range. Real world was 87 miles. So, and worse than that, it was really once a day because it didn't have any rapid charging capability whatsoever. It would, I can't remember if it was 11 kilowatts or 22, but either way, that's not very, I think it's probably only 11. So, if you really wanted to go a long way, you had to be very patient. You know, it was a multiple hour kind of thing. But as I explained, it's the second car, so it didn't matter. Um, so that, yeah, beautiful blue, metallic blue, light metallic blue, and it had written down the side electric drive in big white graphics, um, which was a standard thing for their launch model. And I like that because on the motorway, people would read, why does it say electric drive on the side of his car? You could see them thinking, and I thought, yeah, and I just, I just loved it. It was, and I got it. I bought it at fourteen thousand miles, and I ran it until seventy-seven thousand miles, and it was just a joy to own. Loved it. That's awesome. And you have uh, an MG now. Yes, yeah. So I, I've since divorced, and it, you know, I need if it was my only car, I really need to have one that go a bit further. So it's still quite modest but yeah mg which is really part of of the chinese company saic um launched uh, a model called the zf it for us it's a medium-sized SUV. in your eyes it's probably a smaller one um and it, it's modest in every respect but it's 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 very good value um it's got some you know lane keeping it's got uh, adaptive cruise control got apple carplay got a massive panoramic roof you know electric uh, heated seat um but it was just very modestly priced and by modern standards it's still quite modest range they they're saying 160 so realistically 130 something like that um but it does have rapid again not particularly fast but compared to what i was used to it was much better um 
So that's been my car for the last four years. And I've got that up to 55,000. So I'm at 115,000 pure electric miles. You know, I'm really pleased not to have bought any petrol or diesel in all that time. Did, did you want to see the price on this? Yeah, at the time, they were doing them for £23,500 or 25500 for the upmarket version. And so I went for the upmarket one, yeah. Uh, and our, you know, I'm sure like the rest of the world, our sort of base price for a typical EV is now 36. You know, an average run-of-the-mill EV is about, starts about 36. So to be more than 10 grand less is, you know, is quite quite a good value. And I guess it's because they wanted to establish themselves. Uh, and they've done that really well because not only did that ZF sell well, but they've introduced um, a, what we would call a state car. You'd call it a wagon, I think. And that, I think that's pretty much the only EV wagon in the world, so that sells well. Uh, and they've now brought out a more of a golf-style car, and that's selling really, really well. You know, it's actually significantly hitting the the monthly charts of, of car sales, never mind EV sales. So good for them, I say. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking at the wagon here. It's pretty long. It looks like it's pretty long. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, you share with other folks who listen to the shows you're you're pretty involved with the ev meetups and the ev community where you live do you, is there anything you want to talk about there yeah yeah i i guess i fell into it big time so yeah you it really opens your mind to where energy is coming from the price of it and then the pollution related to it in a in a completely different way to paying for petrol or, or gasoline and i don't really know why but it, you know so slowly your mind awakens to this and then because i didn't buy it for environmental reasons i bought it because it was interesting um but it has awakened me boy is it now so yeah i'm completely aware that we're we're polluting ourselves with, with particulates and we're filling the world with co2 and we've got to stop so yeah it's become a passion to to help educate others um because and I don't know why I went into it so easily because other people, you know, educated friends, still resisting it and giving me all the negative reasons why they can't. Um, even if they're buying, you know, they've got big budgets and they're buying big prestige cars, so, so budget's not a problem. Uh, and if they've got multiple cars, well, range isn't a problem because just you know have an EV for your runabout as your first one. But so yes, I've, I've got involved with lots of things. The fully charged show itself. Um, I exhibited the B-Class just as a private individual just because it was pretty rare and that was pretty good. That got attention. And the most common question was, have you converted it yourself? Uh, no, standard, standard vehicle. Um, and then, yeah, more recently, there we have, we've, there's a very traditional old car rally that runs from London to Brighton every year. Um, and it's, it's not the same organisers, but it's the same route. They said, well, let's do, it's actually an electric bus company in Brighton on the south coast. And they said, well, for publicity, let's do a London to Brighton EV rally. So I've done that, I guess, three years now. So the first two years were just from London to Brighton. Great publicity. And then this last year, it was London to Brighton and then on to Paris. And that was really interesting uh, in the sense that the, the freeways over there have seemed a bit more consistent. Everyone had about eight chargers and they they were a different brand at each service station but they were all well equipped and they all just seem to work whereas we've got 
in the UK now, we've got some really good hubs where there's, there's even 20 chargers, but that's pretty rare. Most of them are still two, three, you know, bit hit and miss. Because by the time one's broken, one's in use, you know, getting a bit separate. Yeah, I was going to ask, is the uptime okay there in England or in the UK? It's getting better. Yeah, the newer ones are much better. Um, the older ones, like I mentioned, the the company that laid, rolled them out originally, they those are getting very tired. Well, they and they've replaced them now, but it's still not as good as you'd like it. And I think it's partly. I don't know whether to blame the, the charger companies or the car companies, but they don't test. I'm convinced they don't test on each other's equipment because there's a certain timing schedule at both ends the, the charger will listen for a certain period and the car's listening for a certain period and if you manage to mess that up they can get in a right tangle uh unless it's just you know i've got a, a funny one but it can take two or three goes to get it charging once it's charging thank god it, it keeps going solid but it, it yeah it's not perfect yet unlike yourself of course driving a tesla completely different experience you just rock up plug in, walk away, knowing it's going to work. And uh, they're hats off to them. And of course, the whole, what are they calling it? North American charging standard mm-hmm. adoption just proves how successful their design was to make it just reliable and, and easy to work. Yeah. they. To be clear, I, I've still run into, I've still run into, into hmm, no stopped working my brain stopped working i've still run into some issues with charging on tesla chargers um not you it's usually you just move over one stall and you're good to go again and I, yes but it's not very often that that happens and uh ev go and blink in my area i've run into quite a bit of issues on that but that's mostly just trying to get the the charger to activate, like trying to figure out how to pay and use the app and tell them which charger you're on. Um, that's not a good yes. experience. But other than that, no. other than that, most of the charging is done at home, which is really nice. Of course. Well, that that's a good introduction. But we actually came here together to talk about Volta Trucks, and you actually worked for Volta Trucks. Uh, do you want to give a little history of that company? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm a business analyst specializing in ERP systems. So that's the systems that let you define your parts and your assemblies and place customer orders, purchase orders, bill of materials, do the accounting. It's pretty much people probably say it's the back office system. So I've been in that industry forever. Um and the company I used to work for, um, its software was used a lot in the what they call the tier one automotive space, but not the OEMs like a Ford or a or a Volt or a Tesla, but the the next level down of the bigger suppliers. A lot of them used to use the software I'm familiar with. So I sort of got some automotive experience, but I'd never I don't think I can claim real automotive experience. Um but of course I was I'm still following everything on on YouTube on fully charged. So I was aware that Volta going for a, a decent-sized truck. And then I discovered they were using the software that I was intimately familiar with. So I thought, well, this, this opportunity is just too good to be true. I need to apply to them to see if I can get a job and help them out. But it just, it's joining my, my skills and my passion kind of thing. 
Um, and I did. I got in January 22, so 22 months ago, something like that, um, just as they were ramping up. So we got up to about 800 people worldwide. Uh, it was a really ambitious, well, whether you call it a startup or a ramp up, I don't know. Um, but I, I liked, when I was doing my research to decide whether to join, I liked a lot of the decisions they made. The, the design was, was nice to look at. So if I had to, to describe this thing, uh, it looks like like a um, um, motorhome or a caravan, depending on where you're from. It looks like the front of it looks like that, or maybe even possibly public transportation bus. And I'd then, agree. And then into yeah. that, it, it goes into the box. So when you say articulating in the U.S., we just have semi-trucks with the get towed behind, or trailers that get towed behind tractors, right? That That isn't this. It's all on one frame. Yes, it's rigid. Yeah. And it, it all comes, it all just kind of smoothly yeah. comes together. It's like a, this is not meant to be insulting, but it looks like, you know, that mini or that uh, motorhome with uh, a loaf of bread on the back, but it all comes together nicely. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's just that the, the Volta truck itself um, was kind of, I don't know the correct terminology, but 16 ton stroke 18 ton. So not as big as what we would call a semi-articulated, you would call a semi. It's a rigid body, um, but much bigger than than a van. Um, and and the market we we're aiming at was or was big cities like London, like Paris, like Madrid, particularly as they're beginning to head towards trying to ban diesel emissions in the city. So obviously it's 100% electric. Um, it was a beautiful design. Um, you said in the off chat earlier, it, the, the cab looked was very smooth and almost like a, a bus type front end, but sort of smoothly integrated to the to the load box at the back. Um, the driving position was lower than normal and central, and gave him a really good visible visual outlook, so he could see what was in front of him because the glass was so low, and the glass doors came down to ground level too, so he could see the side he or she. So it was. We were aiming at the safety angle of it as well, because there's a lot of people, a lot of accidents happen in cities like London where buses are turning, well, trucks of any sort are turning with a cyclist sort of on the inside. So particularly in our case, it's turning left. So the driver can't really see. The, the cyclist gets, you know, caught in the mess and it, it, it's horrible. So it was really trying to pitch the safety angle as well. So not only is it zero emission, lower cost to operate, but it'd be a lot safer. Um, and we'd, we'd gone way beyond prototypes. We've got um, running vehicles on the road in the hands of customers, um, sort of a week-long trials, actually doing their real route. And the pitch was not just to sell a truck and leave them to it, but to sell transport as a service. So, in other words, equip their depot with with charging and even take responsibility for that charging. So they, they would have a, a working truck in the morning kind of thing. For anybody who's trying to picture this, it's a little bigger than a Rivian, Rivian Amazon delivery vehicle. So this would be for, like, for instance, replacing the the semi truck or the semi articulating truck uh, for big loads. Like if you're going from a warehouse to a hospital, for instance, this is to replace that kind of uh, delivery, not, not vehicle, not uh, business to home type stuff. Exactly. Yes, you're right. Yeah. You wouldn't use it business home. It's way too big, but you would use it to, 
yeah to to resupply your shop in the city center kind of thing okay um but probably not what you'd use to go between major cities so it was, it was a it's a cleverly chosen segment because well a no one else is making a truck of that size uh, electric um and it's not it's not hundreds of miles a day you know you would be hard pushed to burn through the battery in london in a day just because of the speed of the traffic and how far you can get so it was it was going to be within the capability of a day's range kind of thing and then yes you charge up at night okay and what was your role at there at volta yeah i was labeled business analyst for manufacturing um so it's to look after the or to implement the back office system that we call ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning Software. That's the software that glues all the operations together. So sales orders for customers, purchase orders to suppliers, the bill of materials. And my bit was heavily into the configuration. So even though we tried to come up with a fairly standard offering, invariably there's lots of, of choices, um, you know, battery size, the two different weights, um various aspects of the load box so that ends up being a configured product each time so i was i was working on the configurator to churn out a fresh bill of material for each truck um yeah and we'd yeah i guess the the design was was they'd made lots of good choices um the battery was coming from from proterra the, the motors coming from arvin miracle so we're not inventing anything and the assembly, we weren't even going to create our own factory, or not start with anyway, but using subcontract from um, Steyr Automotive in, in Austria. And they used to do the truck assembly for MAN truck. So they, they know how to make a truck. So that was a good partnership. Uh, and we were well in the way, on the way of, of getting production going. And I guess it was, you know, a bit behind schedule and there's some, some milestones were missed. Um, and unfortunately, the investors um, could no longer back us. So very, very suddenly, uh, kind of a week ago, we, we heard we were going into administration, which is, yes, it's effectively a pause in trading, probably the end. But, you know, the responsibility of the administrators is to try and realize what what value they can out of the remaining assets. So whether it's selling the company as a going concern or selling the IP or selling bits of it. Um, so we we don't know what will happen, but for the for the moment, most of us are redundant and and looking for new jobs. But I thought, you know, we, we and, and it's interesting the reaction we're getting from the industry. Rather than you know, no one's gloating and saying, "Oh, you failed," it's very much, "Oh, we were we were rooting for you," and it's disappointing you that it's not worked out yet. Um, so it's yeah, it's, it's nice that that that's been the reaction of the industry. And we had so many good people um, and we had such a good team spirit. So that's kind of going to be disappointing that all gets broken up. But yeah, there's a whole chunk of us now looking for, for fresh jobs in, in similar industries if we can. Yeah. And despite being laid off, you have you wanted to be 100% clear. You have no negative feelings towards this company. It was a great idea. It just at the last minute, uh, whether it was because of what's going on in the world or, you know, the investors just got spooked for some other reason. They just decided we're not going to continue fun putting money into this. Yes, I do. I have no regrets at all. It was definitely the right thing to do. And I'd like to think we've moved on 
we've moved the industry a bit towards going electric because you know the the Volvos of this world are beginning to think about it, but they're still making a ton of, of diesel trucks and, and they need to move over to electric as fast as possible. So hopefully we've we've edged that across a bit. And yeah, yeah, very proud of what we've achieved and yeah, just disappointed it it's not going to continue. And you don't have to you don't talk about the specifics or the actual names, but within that um, that industry where you're moving goods from warehouses to businesses and and the the companies that do that, what was their reaction to this product? Oh yeah, so I'm very much on the back office behind the scenes internal IT, but but yeah, the feedback I was getting is that it was very well received. So yeah, it's all the big supermarket chains were interested, and I think sensibly they were all in the mindset, well, let's take a few to try it, and then obviously if it's successful, we'll we'll take more because they. They can see the, the cost savings in operation, hopefully higher reliability, hopefully higher uptime, never mind the, the, the restrictions that's going to come onto them for, for not emitting so much in, in cities. So, yeah, I think that the product was well received and the, the feedback you got from these these trials was, you know, within a few yards, the drivers got it. You know, it's slightly different being in the central driving position. It's slightly different having the regen effect. Um, but just like any EV, you, once you get over that differentness, you actually become to really appreciate it and prefer it. Um, and well, we never got around to announcing official consumption figures, but I know somebody who was testing and he said it was it was remarkably efficient. It was going to be a real cost saver in terms of running costs because our diesel over here is far more taxed than it is in the state. So it's a significant cost that you're going to save if you can fill up with nighttime electricity instead. There is a possibility that they find different investors. Is that not the case? Is there, there, there's they can still pull this out? Yes, yes, it's, it's down. I think, and the, there are expressions of interest. Obviously, we're completely disconnected from that process, but yeah, there's a very good chance that something will come from it. I'd like to think someone will buy the design if nothing else. But yeah, it, I guess the best case is that somebody with deep pockets can say, "Yeah, I'm going to finish this off, take it to market." and fund it until they can get, get some custom sales income going, coming from it. Yeah, I, I hope it's not the end. The Volta folks were pretty close to hitting production. Do you know the, what the roadmap was? Or were, we, were we still talking about alpha trucks, or had we moved past that? I think we'd moved past that, yeah. There were trucks on the line um, and just beginning to come off it, plenty of material. And even though there, there was a hiccup with the battery supplier, with them going into um, Chapter 11, our understanding is that that was not going to affect battery supply. And we we were assured batteries would come. And indeed we had, I think we had sufficient batteries for our initial production. Um, but I think that may have been one of the uncertainties. Like you mentioned, the, the stock market changed, the appetite for IPOs has changed. And so it's probably all several little things adding together. It's not really that we've done anything particularly wrong. Um, it's just a, a set of unfortunate combinations. Yeah, that must be frustrating that a company that was, and I'm not throwing any shade at Nikola because I don't, I've talked to people who work at Nikola. I don't, uh, Trevor Milton, who I defended early on, was, was, was why Nikola 
almost failed, right? But Nikola had a lot of, Trevor Milton was, you know, kind of like a carnival barker, made a lot of promises, but really wasn't following through on that. And then left with billions of dollars and, and left people to clean up his mess, right? It must be frustrating to have a company that's organized, well-run, and then still fail. And a company like Nikola, which should have failed, but hasn't, you know, they, they continue on and they have their factory and, you know, they have their struggles for sure. But uh, uh, Trevor did yeah, not set that point. team up for success, for sure. Like, they've they've had to go through it to get to where they are now. And they're always going to have what he started. That's always going to hang over that company. Yes, even though they're, yeah, they're, as you say, they're doing good things now. Yeah. You know, yeah. And we wish them success because that. Yeah, we need all the electric vehicles of all sizes we can get. You know, it's super important to the world. What was the what was the thing that drew you to Volta? I know you mentioned that uh, they use the software that you were very familiar with for the ERP yeah, systems. Well, I, guess it, I guess it was that combination. They were in my country. They were using software I was familiar with, and I knew it could help them. And it was electric trucking. You know, to me, electric cars are done. You know, they're still. <laughs> People arguing that they're never going to drive an electric car, electric vehicle, but you know, someone could be last, so that's fine. They can be last, but trucking is is dragging its feet. So the opportunity to move, be part of moving that forward was, I guess, the main attraction, yeah. Let's see here. Is there anything we missed, Mark? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I just, I just felt it was, it was a compelling story. And, you know, not that I'm giving away any secrets or anything, but it, you know, I just wanted to share that we were proud of what we've achieved and disappointed we haven't finished it. Um, and I just thought it might be, just might be of interest to your, to your audience. Yeah, I agree. And I'm really looking, I'm really hoping that we see, like we, we actualize what the folks at Volta did, even if they don't come back as a company, hopefully what the hard work that they put in goes into something else and that can be recognized as this was Volta's uh, contribution to electric trucking. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. No, I'm, uh, I'm, well, I've, I've signed on for unemployment pay as it were, but I'm very much hoping that's temporary. So I'm, yeah, I'm looking for my next opportunity in the similar space really. So, um, as well as ERP, I'm into EDI. So that's the electronic trading when you're sharing orders or orders, invoices, whatever, with your suppliers or customers. Um, so I've got plenty of skills. I just need to find the right opportunity that I can go and use those skills on another manufacturing company in some form. Well, if somebody's listening or knows somebody who is looking for someone who does what you do, how would people get in contact with you? I guess they could contact your good self, um, or you can find me on LinkedIn. I think I'm the Mark Garnet, one of the first people to register Mark Garnet on LinkedIn. They find me there. All right. So if you are interested or you have questions for Mark, send me an email. And I'll pass it on to him. And if you are interested in him professionally, I'll put the link for LinkedIn in the show notes. Brilliant. Thank you, Bodie. Thank you so much. Number one. Thank you for your patience. Today was full of technical difficulties. <laughs> Number two, thank you for being a patron and a really good friend to the show and me. 
And number three, thanks for coming on and sharing a little bit about Volta. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been a real honor. All right. I want to thank Mark for agreeing to come on and putting up with all of the technical difficulties. He was a real trooper about it. If you if you couldn't tell, Mark is in England, and there was quite a time difference between he and I. So um, he, was, he was really generous with his time. So, Mark, thank you very much for doing that. And I'll make sure to put Mark's LinkedIn in the show notes. All right, everybody, that is it for me this episode. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend or week, depending on when this is released. And I will talk to you next episode. <laughs>